Good morning. My name is much livelier than the nine o'clock crowd. My name is Corey Ogborn, and I am the director of Young Adults and Missions, and I have the privilege of sharing with you again. Pastor John is on the mend. Um, he had told me he wouldn't be here today. I'm looking for him now because in the first service he tried to sneak in. It was a little bit of a where's Waldo as I searched and found him. I was like, oh, dear in the headlights, and nothing more nervous than uh, having your mentor, boss, pastor in the room as you open the word of God. So I was a little bit nervous first service. Um, I'm still a little bit nervous. Great seeing the young people up here today being commissioned to go to Mexico. So awesome to see so many new faces and some familiar faces as well. I'm excited for them and the ministry that they will get to, to do down there. Um, I want to tell you a little bit of my story because I'm very familiar with the journey that they're on. I came to Grace Community Church in 1992. I've shared that before. And in 1993, I volunteered for Summer Sports League. Who knew that volunteering to be a referee at a Summer Sports League would be so life-changing? But shortly after that Summer Sports League in 1993, Pastor Tim approached me. That was more life-changing, Pastor Tim's approach, than Summer Sports League, let me tell you. And in 1994, I was baptized. I went to junior high summer camp, and I began weekly volunteering in our youth ministry, serving with Pastor Tim and people who served with him. In 1995, I went to beach camp, and the pressure started. I don't know if you've ever felt past Pastor Tim's pressure, if he's ever pressured you to do anything. Can I tell you something this morning? If Pastor Tim approaches you and asks you to do something, save yourself time and just do it. <laughs> just do it. The pressure started in early 1995, and I went that year to beach camp, and the pressure continued. Um, in 1997, after the spring break trip, Pastor Tim approached me and said, next year, you will go on the mission to Mexico with us. And I said, no, there's a lot of problems with that. I won't go. At the time, I worked for Man Theaters. I was a movie theater manager, and I had a great excuse, what I felt was a great excuse. Spring break is a busy time. There's no way they're going to let me off. And he said, well, why don't you ask for the time off? with a bit of arrogance in his voice, just like that. Well, why don't you ask for the time off? And I will pray that you get the time off. And inside I'm thinking, I'll ask for the time off. Please don't pray. <laughs> and so it was that year, 1997, that I asked for spring break in 1998 off. And, and it wasn't long before they approved the time off. Now, I will tell you from the time they approved the time off until... Tim, Pastor Tim, started building the team for 1998. That was the best kept secret that I had been granted the time off for spring break because I had told Tim, I'm not a missionary. I don't want to be a missionary. I'm happy in California. Like, California is a beautiful place. There's so much to see here. Unlike other people my age at the time, that was 25 years ago, unlike other people at my age at the time, well, it was 25 years ago when I came to Grace. Sorry, my math is a little off. It was 20 years ago at this time. I didn't want to travel the world. I didn't want to see other places. I was content in California. I know a lot of you are, have a lot of adventure in you. You want to see the world. You want to travel, backpack across Europe for months. Go for it. That wasn't me at your age. 
I was here. I was settled. I knew what I wanted. So he approached me and said, you're going to Mission to Mexico this year. And I don't know. I had two choices at that moment. I could either lie to a pastor or I could tell him that I had been granted the time off. And so I told him that I, was, I had been granted the time off work and I could go. And in 1998, I went with him. And the story goes, and Tim tells the story a lot better than I do, but the story goes that the first night of this missions trip, we went to a church service. Church services in Mexico are very, very long. Very long. And so after worship and after a time of announcements and that sort of thing, they dismissed all of the students on the team to go outside and play. I was an adult, so I was safe, right? No, because the students needed supervision, so I as a leader was dismissed with them to go out and spend time with them. Now, if you're familiar with Mexico, many of you have been before, and where the church in El Zarillo is now is surrounded by development, but at the time, it was not very well developed. So across the street from the church, there was a dirt lot. Now, we had been dismissed to take a lot of children who didn't speak English across the street to this dirt lot. No grass, no slides, no swings. Can I tell you it was a dirt lot? Did I tell you that already? It was a dirt lot that we were going to play in, and we were given a soccer ball to entertain them. And church services last a long time in Mexico. So for an hour and a half, we were out there with the soccer ball, hauling kids around on our back. They do this thing that they, where they grab both your hands and they stretch them out. And then they grab onto your hands and they run up the front of you and do a flip. And it's so much fun <laughs> for the child. <laughs> and we were out there probably for an hour and a half. And when I came back into the church, Tim looked at the back of the church and he saw me. And he said he has never seen the look of utter defeat before. But that was it. <laughs> My tie was askew. My hair was a mess. I had more hair then, and it was just a mess. And I had a little child's footprint right in the middle of my cleanly pressed white church shirt. And I told myself in that moment, this will be my last night in Mexico. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and drive home. That didn't happen. He convinced me to stay. 17 years, I went to Mission to Mexico after that, and each year, God changed my heart just a little bit and broke it just a little bit more toward missions. 17 years. And I never quit Mission to Mexico. I got busy with other things. Like I said, I'm the director of Young Adults, and we were doing satellite. I started going on a mission to Guatemala, and I had to be approached to say, you know, maybe it's time you focus on other things and let other people fill in for Mexico and not go. And that was wise, because I was very busy. Because in 2008, I had started a trip to Guatemala. And for the first time, I went to Guatemala. This will be my 10th summer, spending two weeks in Guatemala. Ten years, and God has softened my heart toward missions. And I'm in the process of putting a summer team together now for this summer. And I imagine that a time in the future where someone will have to approach me and ask me to not go to Guatemala. I love it. Missions are important. 
The way I see it, there are three types of missionary. There's three groups of missionaries. There's the go missionaries. You saw them standing up here this morning. They're getting ready to go. They're going to Mexico for a week to minister to people in Mexico. They're the go missionaries. Our Guatemala team that will go this summer, there are other people in our church that are go missionaries. Abby Scroggins is going this summer. Ashton Peckinpah is going in May. Emily Bird is going this summer. The DeVries are going this summer for three weeks. I'm excited for them. Rick and Patsy Turner are going this summer. These people are go missionaries. This is a group that goes. There are those in this room that are co-missionaries. A lot of you probably fall into this category, co-missionaries. Maybe you don't feel called to go, but you support. Remember those five names that you agreed to pray for, those five faces you agreed to pray for this morning? You're co-missionary with them on this trip to Mexico. You've written checks. You've supported Mexico missions and missions in our church. You're a co-missionary. Then there are those, and I hope none of you fall into this category, there are no missionaries. There are people like me who in 1994 said, no, absolutely not. I don't feel called to missions. I don't want to go on the missions field. I'm comfortable and safe here. I hope nobody, nobody in this room falls into that category. But if you do, sometimes you agree to pray for missionaries and you never really follow through. Sometimes you agree to support missionaries and you never really get a chance to do that. These are no missionaries. I hope you're all like me. I'm just a nobody telling everybody about somebody who can save anybody. Missions are important. And I could talk for a very, very long time about the importance of missions. I could tell you a lot of things about why missions are important, not just biblically speaking, but also on a personal level. But this morning, I want to focus on just two things. The first is that missions are important because of the command of scriptures. Matthew 28, 16 through 20, the Great Commission. It says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Is this a choice? Or is it a command? Therefore, go. It doesn't say, therefore, if you feel like it, go. Therefore, possibly go. Therefore, if it's comfortable, go. It says, therefore, go. I don't see it as a choice. I see it as a command. And in this command, there are a couple things we need to do when we go. First, evangelize the sinner. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. The mandate we see here, go preach. The message we're called to, the gospel. And the motive, 
that people would believe and be saved. We're called to evangelize the sinner. We're also called to baptize the saved. As I read earlier, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's a reason we do this. The reason for baptism is identity, for them to identify with Jesus. And they do that through their public profession of faith in baptism. And the route for baptism, which could be a sermon in and of itself, is immersion. And the ritual for baptism, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the third thing Scripture commands us is to stabilize the convert. Stabilize the convert in Scripture. We're called to discipleship. When we go on missions trips, we shouldn't just go and give money and give things. We should go and connect people to a local organization or church, to a local missionary, so that they can not only hear the gospel and be saved, but that discipleship would happen when we're no longer there. I read a great book, and I would encourage you to read it as well. It's called When Helping Hurts, and it's about how we help the poverty-stricken people of the world. be a great read for you. We should go and connect people to missionaries, local organizations, and churches that they may be discipled when we're no longer present in their life. The second thing I want to talk about that, this, that I want to talk about this morning, the reason why missions are important is the condition of the sinner. Realize their nature. Their heart is deceitful. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Their heart is deceitful and they must have spiritual regeneration. Titus 3, 5 says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Their mind is darkened. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Their mind is darkened and must have spiritual revelation. Their spirituality is dead. Ephesians 2.1 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Their spirituality is dead, and it must have spiritual resurrection. We need to realize the condition of the sinner, and we need to respond to their need. Romans 10.13-15 through 15 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will we call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How beautiful the feet of those who preach the good news. When I look at this passage of scripture, a little thing I do each time before I go on the Guatemala mission, I like to look at it, and then I like to kind of look at it a little bit backwards. So starting in verse 15, I like to look at it and think, God calls preachers. The church sends them. Preachers 
Preach the word. The word produces faith. Faith produces a calling. And the calling produces salvation. And if we could just take that verse and remember it and then go backwards, we can see what we're called to and why we're called. We're called to preach the word of God. Because it's that word that produces faith. And when there's faith, there's a calling. And that calling produces salvation. Missions are important. And I hope you can see that. So like I said, there are three groups of missionaries. And in just a moment, we're going to go into a time of communion. And I want you to be thinking about those three groups of missionaries and and where you stand or where you fall, maybe. There's the no missionary. I'm not identifying anybody in the room, but if you identify with it as a no missionary, if you've evaluated yourself, if you've looked at yourself and you identify as a no missionary, can I challenge you this morning to become a co-missionary? If you identified five faces this morning and you agree to pray for those five faces and over the next two weeks you pray for those five faces and the Mission to Mexico team, you are no longer a no missionary. You are a co-missionary. You are partnering with them in this mission. I made it super simple for you to go from being a no missionary to a co-missionary. And hopefully it becomes a lifestyle for you. If you're a co-missionary, can I challenge you to continue being a co-missionary? We need people to pray for us as we go on missions trips. We need people to support us financially. There's a cost involved for traveling, whatever that may be. Continue being a co-missionary. And if you're a co-missionary and you're doing really good work, awesome. But can I challenge you this morning to go from being a co-missionary to a go-missionary? God's placed it on your heart to go someplace, to do something amazing for him. Do it. Get out there and and do it. There are a lot of excuses. I'm sorry. I don't want to say excuses. There are a lot of roadblocks that you may see in your life. I'll call them excuses, but you may see them as roadblocks. There are a lot of roadblocks that you may see to being a go missionary. Step out in faith. Each of those roadblocks can be broken down. We have men who are go missionaries in Mexico this week. Be praying for them. Next week, the junior high will be doing a local outreach. Our young adults will be doing an inner city outreach. And our high school students will be going to Mexico. They're go missionaries. Follow their lead. This summer, there are great opportunities for you to get involved. Ashton Peckinpah, like I mentioned, um, Abby Scroggins, Emily Bird. Go missionaries, the Turners, the DeVries, they're getting out there and they're going on the missions field to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Think of our very own Easton Kariyama who came through our children's department into the junior high department, into our high school department where she went on mission to Mexico. She went on several Guatemala trips with me and now she is a full-time missionary in Nicaragua. Great stuff going on. Missions are important. Missions rend the heart of Christ. And missions reveal the health of the church. 
We're going to go into a time of communion now. Can I ask you to just pray about what it is that God's placed on your heart for missions? Stephen's going to lead us.